Greetings, my friend. Welcome to the podcast show, Touching People for Heaven, with your host, Preacher John. God bless you, my dear friend. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that there will be something here on this show and this episode that you're able to use in your life, in the life of your family, and the life of friends, and in the lives of people you haven't met yet. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, man, are you ready? <laughs> Let's get started. This is episode number 45, number 45, and is titled, Teach No Other Doctrine. Teach No Other Doctrine is based on the text, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. And I'll read it to you. It's in the King James Bible. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions, rather than godly edifying which is in faith, so do. Greetings, my friend. Let's pray. The prayer letter is based, uh, the show is based on the Sunday prayer letter. And in the Sunday prayer letter, I start off with an opening prayer. And I say, let's pray. So we'll just do that. And then after the prayer, we'll get into the letter. Uh, back just before we start the prayer, I just want to say that I'm recording this show. Podcast is from Boulder, Colorado. Uh, it's right there in the middle of the United States, just uh, north west of Denver, Colorado. I'm a preacher, a street preacher, church builder, pastor, founding pastor to Gospel Evangelist Church, and a missionary. We're building a church here in Boulder and in nine different cities here in Colorado, Boulder being one of the nine. Next week, we'll be in Grand Junction doing our ministry over there. Then later on, we'll be in Fort Collins and out in Burlington by the Kansas state line. And then uh, south, we'll be by the New Mexico border in the town of Trinidad. We also go around the city limits of Boulder. We go to Longmont, which was where I was at last Friday. Then we go into Denver. Then we go into Golden. And then we finish up in Nutterland, Colorado. And then we're in 25 different corners, 25 different locations here in the city of Boulder. We minister every Sunday at the same location at 28th and Pearl by the Target store. Right in the parking lot, right at the uh, corner where the bike paths go and where everyone walks and the cars stop. And uh, there's plenty of room for us to uh, do our business there. We are praying for a physical location alongside the, uh, the banner preaching, the street ministry. Uh, we're not going to give that up. That's what the Holy Spirit wants us to do on an ongoing basis. And we do that type of ministry six days a week. We're averaging about 30 hours a week. This week here, I think I only got in about 26 hours. It was a, there were several days that were kind of rough on me. But uh, uh, that's what we do. And uh, every Saturday evening, this is Saturday evening, it's uh, January 23rd. Uh, it's about, oh, let's see what time is it, 5.30, a little over 5.30 p.m. And uh, I write this letter after my rest all day long, been with the Spirit of God, been reading the Word and praying and just kind of resting in, in the Lord. And towards the end of the day, I sit down and I write this letter. And then the Sunday letter goes out first thing Sunday morning. <laughs> Hint, Sunday prayer letter. <laughs> so, 
And a lot of people use the Sunday prayer letter for their uh, church, their ministry. They don't come to church. Uh, people that live in other parts of the country, they read this Sunday prayer letter, and they just kind of use it as their time of ministry. It works out pretty well. But I've been doing them now for, let's see, I started the first letter went out in December, the end of December of 18. So we did every Sunday of 2019 and every Sunday of 2020, and now we are in 2021, and we have done every Sunday of this month of January of 2021. So with the prayer letter going out, as it does, we preach from it on Sundays. All day Sunday, we preach from this letter. This is our starting point that we preach from. Then throughout the week, as we minister on the streets, we use this letter as our kind of our focal point or our platform to preach from. Wednesday's Bible Fellowships, we use it as our ministry there. And then we just continue through the week using this letter as our um, kind of our basis to get started with. And the Holy Ghost uses this as a seed, and, and then uh, we're off and running. So as you can tell, the Sunday prayer letter is a very integral, important part of Gospel Evangelist Church. Uh, our church is based on Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 20. And uh, things are going well in Boulder, Colorado, no doubt about it. Praise the Lord. So let's get started. Let's pray. That's what's in the beginning of my letter here. I says, Lord Jesus, thank you for giving us a clear and holy doctrine to follow. With the Holy Ghost as our teacher of the word of truth, we are able to understand the knowledge of God. What a wonderful blessing this is, Lord Jesus, to be allowed to grasp the ministries, no, grasp the mysteries of God. We fully look to you, Holy Spirit, for our direction in this study of God's Word. Only by you, the Spirit of God, will we be able to hear the Lord Jesus Christ call us home. In your precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, many times when I write, and I write a lot, just about every day, my flesh tells me that I will run out of things to write about. I immediately rebuke that. Because if I don't catch this lie instantly, it will disappear into my mind and lodge itself somewhere so that I'll forget about it. Then when the season of germination ends, this evil thought of doubt will rise up and take my life. Do you think that this is possible? You best believe it, my friend. The devil hates God's people, and if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you too are one of God's people. This is sort of a long intro to the letter, but I wanted to make clear that Satan is real and is a deceiver. The God of this world blinds people's eyes and mind and stops their ears. Be alert, lest Satan should, be, should get advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. You can reference that in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. And tonight, I'm going to take just a little sidebar here. Is, and that's the beauty of these podcasts. I mean, I'm just, I can use the letter as sort of a script, but when I sense a leading, I can stop for a moment and I can do something off script and then get back on script. It's the beauty of having a script instead of just winging it from the, uh, just, you know, willy-nilly, just, just winging it, you know what I mean? Just off-the-cuff type stuff. We actually have a script in front of us, which is the Sunday prayer letter. But tonight, I've got a great tea. It's the uh, Trader Joe's ginger, uh, ginger tea. 
Uh, ginger? Yeah, I think it's ginger. Yeah, I think it's ginger. Tastes like ginger. <laughs> I don't know. It tastes good, though. <laughs> mm. Man, it's just so nice and warm. It's cold outside. It's going to be snowing tonight. And I got some hot tea. I got a great script in front of me. Man, I'm just excited. Man, oh man, to be 67 years of age and excited about life, excited about serving the Lord, excited about doing this podcast, excited that you're listening, I praise God that He is with you right now as we do this letter. And that's, (laughs) you see, you should get some ginger tea. All of a sudden, you get fired up. (laughs) Anyways, praise God. So as a typical fashion, the Sunday prayer letter is out of the yard and rolling northbound. We're headed for some good stuff ahead, and there should be some exhortation that will edify our spirit, looking always to God's grace, mercy, and peace from our Father in heaven and Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. In the last Sunday prayer letter, we talked about Mark 4, 30, 31, and 32, titled Mustard Seed. If you haven't read it or even listened to the podcast episode based upon the letter, then by all means, you should. It appears that each letter has bits and pieces that build upon each other and quite possibly be constructing something of great value in our spirit. The Holy Ghost is moving in our ministry. The Holy Ghost is our boss. Amen. In this letter, Teach No Other Doctrine, we should be going over many important scriptures that seed the word of truth into the good ground of your mind and spirit. Are you good ground? (laughs) Good question, isn't it? Are you good ground? I hope you are. This passage of Scripture is where we are building our letter with or on. More specifically, it's the part of Scripture text that tells us or even charges us to teach no other doctrine. And as you can see, Paul gives a brief on what to look for. And I just need to get some more tea. Sorry, guys. <clears throat> sometimes doing sometimes doing these shows is uh it's a I don't know what it is I, I should always I'm so calm and peaceful when I'm writing the letter and doing my thing and but as soon as I see that red line going across the uh recording software and I can see my voice printing on it <laughs> I, I want to just block it away but it has to stay to my right here on this other computer because I got two computers running I got this big microphone on my face I got this chair, I got the tea, I got the mouse there, and it's just, it's just, I got the Bible sitting here, I got the lights on, and it's, there's just a lot of things going on. I, I guess I praise God that the video camera's not running, because <laughs> then that really causes a problem, because then I got to look at myself. <laughs> so anyways, um, we'll go back into the same. So it's 1 Timothy 1, 3, and 4. Verse 3 is, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus. When I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.4 Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith. So do. Oh, I love that word, so do. It's... Um, Little uh, sidebar here on the King James. In the King James, when you see words that I that are italicized, kind of leaning to the side a little bit, uh, that signifies that that is not in the original uh, 
translation, the original scriptures that were they're translating out of. But they added it in there so that the scripture would make sense when they were converted into English. However, when people have done vast amounts of study in the previous Bibles and the previous scriptures and the thousands and thousands and thousands of documents that support the King James, they have noticed that those italicized words really should be there. So that's pretty cool. That's why they're left there. So it's just a little trivia there. (laughs) So let's quickly look at our title. It's called Teach No Other Doctrine. Teach is first mentioned in Exodus 4.12. And I'll read it to you. Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. The reference is the uh, reference the entire passage. It's Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 through 17 in the King James. Uh, when you finish this podcast or reading the letter, uh, take a quick recourse and read and think on this reference passage. There is some huge, huge, huge lessons for all of us in that passage of Exodus 4, 10 through 17. There really is. So the next word is no, teach no. No is an absolute order to not do the thing God is telling us not to do. <laughs> Pretty simple. I could only find the words no other because the Bible app indicated that no is too small of a word to look up well. <laughs> but look at the first mention of no other, Exodus 20, verse 3. The reason, uh, let me back up just a moment here. The reason I say the first mention is because when using the King James, the, the Lord describes phrases and words and sentences and text uh, by giving the definition right around it or nearby it or in the same text or context, you'll, if you read it, you'll see that the definition of it is right there nearby. And then as the Word goes through the Bible, from Genesis all the way into Revelation, as the Word goes through the Word of God, and if the Lord wants to increase that definition, He'll give the increased or the newer updated definition in that next Scripture that He wants to enlarge that um, definition of that word. It's really, really, really awesome. And because of that, the connections, the connectors all the way through the scripture are just, I mean, the King James is tightly laced together. That's why it's a legal document and not just a, a storybook. I haven't italicized here in my own letter. I says, the thought just came to me to place Exodus chapter 4, 10 and 17 in the bottom portion of this letter. So we'll see what uh, how that works out. Other. Other is a peculiar word. It's actually a part of a group of words that describe family. <laughs> Look here at this first mention of mother. M-O-T-H-E-R, mother. It's Genesis 2.24. It's also here in brother. Be, no, bother, brother. I think I made a spelling error here. Brother or bother? Man, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. Anyways, that's Genesis 4-2. We'll see what that looks like later on after the show. Or you can look it up and see where John made a mistake. Oh, well. (laughs) Nobody's perfect. Anyways, 
Uh, here's another one. It's called Another, and that's Genesis 4.25. This is very interesting. The actual first mention of the single word, other, O-T-H-E-R, is Genesis 4.19. And this here, too, is in reference to family. Don't you just love the King James Bible? How could anyone see and agree that the KJV is archaic and needs to be destroyed? Now we know who is saying this. That's right. You got it. It's Satan himself. My friend, never, ever ignore or be ignorant of his devices. Remember, that's referenced in 2 Corinthians 2 and 11. All right, the word doctrine. The word doctrine is the word I really like the most. The way teachers teach this from corrupted Bibles, I was taught the wrong definition and usage of this word. Uh, Let's go to the pure Word of God and see what doctrine actually means. By referencing the first mention of the word, it's in Deuteronomy 32.2. My doctrine shall drop as the rain, my speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. Let's add here some more scriptures because... These are really good. They really are. Deuteronomy 32.3 Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. Deuteronomy 32.4 He is the rock. That's a capital R, rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment. A God of truth without iniquity, just and right is he. So we going back up to our verse 32 too, we can see doctrine means speech, our speech, or quite possibly the way we speak, the actual words used. So should I take a sidebar? Let me take a sip of tea. That's a good idea. Mm. All right. Man, you should get some ginger tea. It is so good. Doctrine means our speech or quite possibly the way we speak, the actual words used. I, I, with that, I'm not looking at my script here, but when you think about our speech, the words that come out of our mouth, it is so critically important. Uh, I'm, I understand there's a lot of connecting words in there and a lot of uhs and uhs and you know, a lot of little words and little phrases and sounds that connect the words together. But when you record it, like, for example, the way I'm recording now, every single word is coming out of my mouth as being recorded. <laughs> How about that? And the thing that many of you may not know, uh, if you're a podcast listener, most podcast shows are completely edited. They chop out all the words they don't like. They put sentences together. They reshape their entire text. And you can't tell it by listening to a podcast because they use software, which I have that software too, but they use software that can take out sentences, take out words, take out sounds, and put all the sentences and words back together where you literally can't tell there was any kind of a pause or everyone sounds like they're perfectly speeched. I mean, they just sound like like beautiful people speaking beautiful words, but it's all edited. On my show, nothing is edited. What comes out of my mouth? stays on the show. <laughs> well, that's a, yeah, what comes out of my mouth stays on the show. I better watch my mouth. Huh? 
All right, well, praise God. Now you know the rest of the story. All right, so we'll get back to the letter here. Uh, let me read down through. Doctrine means our speech, or quite possibly the way we speak, the actual words used. Doesn't the Word of God get you excited? Hey, look, for some reason, you don't get enthused with the Holy Scriptures, then possibly you may not be born again. Just saying here, just saying it. Then if you are born again and not excited, there just might be some S-I-N in your life. (laughs) Hey, look, I just want to write a nice little letter here and be done with it, but guess what? The Holy Ghost is in charge here. I only want, Preacher John only wants what God wants. That's it, period. Actually, I have an exclamation mark. (laughs) I don't have a period there. (laughs) And that stays on the show. (laughs) So, are you saved? If you died tonight, my friend, do you know for sure, absolutely know, that you would go straight to heaven? Do you have the assurance in your heart that if you die tonight, that you would go to heaven? If yes, then is that assurance based on faith in the precious blood of Christ? You can reference this in 1 Peter 1, chapters, uh, no, verses 16 through 25. That's 1 Peter 1, 16 and 25. I place these scriptures here on the show and in the letter references to to not to look cool or to sound cool, no, or sound real scholarly in the Bible. No, I don't do that. They're here for you to go and read and study and search the Scriptures. The Holy Scriptures are given to us so that we may know how to be saved. Therefore, get to it. It's how I got saved. If Fred Birch hadn't loaned me his Bible when I relieved him at Battle Station, a King James Bible nonetheless, then who knows What might have happened to me? Get serious about the word of truth, my friend. So, if you answered the question, do you have the assurance in your heart that if you died tonight, that you'd go to heaven, and you said, no, then simply call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask Jesus to come into your life. Pray to Jesus, asking Him to forgive you and save you. I simply prayed a little prayer. I said, Jesus, if you're real, Here I am. You know, uh, I don't know why I get so choked up every time I say that. I've probably said it 10,000 times, I think. I've been saying it every single day, two, three, four, five times a day, seems like, because I've been ministering all these years. For 47 years, I've been saying these words, and for 47 years, every time I say the prayer that I prayed, It just brings tears to my eyes. I mean, I am so grateful to be saved. So grateful. You know, people on the street, when they yell at me and they cuss me out and they flip me off and they do all the nasty things that they do, they just don't get it. You know, but I'm praying for their soul. I hope you're praying too for their soul. And I understand that this little section is for the people who said no, but I just want to let you know, man, that receiving Jesus is real. It's, it's real. It's a real, real deal. It's a real deal, my friend. So I simply prayed a little. I said, Jesus, if you're real, here I am. Then instantly I was saved and delivered from drugs and set free from the spirit of fear. 
I was born again, my friend. Man. And uh, the scripture reference for that is Romans 10, 13. In fact, read the whole chapter. It's only 21 verses. Romans chapter 10. Book of Romans chapter 10. Read the whole thing. It's 21 verses. It's no big deal. This might be your answer. The real one that you're looking for, not that other one. Okay? If you just now, my friend, receive Jesus as your Savior, congratulations on the very best decision of your life. Now hang on for the ride of your life, man. You can get started by going back to Romans 10 and reading that chapter all over again. Then do it again, and then do it again, and then do it again, and begin talking to God, thanking Jesus for saving you. Always be thankful. Now go tell somebody, but watch out when you do. Be easy on them. Get one of our gospel tracks and just sit down with them and talk about it. Then just say, let's pray. Then begin praying. Don't wait. Just start praying. And here's another sidebar on the letter. When you get saved, probably the best thing you could possibly do is go tell somebody. It is, it, it's also, obviously it's scriptural too, but go tell somebody. But as I just mentioned in the letter, just be easy. Be easy on them. Be easy on yourself. Keep things simple. Don't sound like you know everything. Don't sound like you're smart and they're dumb. I mean, just share what God did for you. Just tell them the testimony. Tell them what God did for you. And, if, you know, that's, that's how simple it is. Just be real. Be real. Don't be phony. Don't be religious. Don't be churchy. Don't be, don't be like anybody else. Be just like how God made you. Okay? Be you. That's what God wants. God wants you. Not the guy down the street or the woman upstairs. He wants you. He wants you. He does, man. He really wants you. No question about it. Can you see, man, from this Sunday prayer letter that the commandment to publish the gospel as per the Lord Jesus Christ in Mark 13.10 says is quite easy to do. I'm just reading it. I mean, you could do the same thing, man. It's quite easy. It's, and it, but it's easy not to do also. It's easy not to do. Uh, I'm going to throw a couple more verses in here. It's Mark 13, 10. Man, I'm crying. <laughs> I just love leading someone to the Lord. I just pray that uh, if you receive Jesus, get a hold of me, man. Get a hold of me. Mark 13, 10. And the gospel must first be published among all nations. And in Luke 8, 39, Jesus says, Return to thine own house and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. Man, buddy, just do that too in your city. Go out in your city and go out and tell people what God has done for you too. It really is something that you can do. Get a simple little gospel track, a chick track, C-H-I-C-K. It's chick.com, C-H-I-C-K.com. It's a small booklet with the plan of salvation in it and a parable of sorts that catches people's attention. 
and they read it. Then the Holy Ghost proves to them that what they just read is the truth. They are moved by the Holy Ghost to pray. Then by faith, they ask Jesus Christ into their life. Then there is joy in heaven. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. That's Luke 15.10. Luke 15.10. Okay, it looks like the mission of this letter is successful. It's written. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's led another soul to Christ. It's edified the reader. It's exhorted the same. It's comforted likewise. This is called being obedient to the call of God on your life. Amen? God bless you, man. It's signed, uh, Servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, by the way, I did put the scriptures that I said in the part of this letter. I said I put Exodus 4, 10 through 17 in the bottom of my letter, but it's really long, so I'm not going to say it on the show. But it is in my letter. So at the bottom of my signature, I have three scriptures. Psalm 31, 16. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Psalm 113, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Psalm 119, 140. Thy word is very pure. Therefore, thy servant loveth it. Amen and amen. So this is my Sunday prayer letter. It's written Saturday, January 23rd, 2021 at 5.13 p.m. Boulder, Colorado. It's written by John Shuck, street preacher, church builder, founding pastor, and missionary. God bless you, my friend. I hope I see you on the streets somewhere in Boulder or one of the other towns of Colorado. God bless you, my man. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.